Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment and feel free to share with your friends. Thanks for joining me today. Ever wondered how it works overseas? Well, listen in to this week's chat with Letitia Rabu. With an interest in archaeology, history and geography, Letitia became the Cadastral Survey Manager for the Department under the authority of the Ministry of Economy, Finances and Public Policy and Accounts. With a passion for surveying and learning, she is now studying overseas to gain more qualifications and to travel the world. Well, eventually. Each week, I ask specific questions from my guests. If there's anything you'd like me to ask, send me a message and let me know, and I will go ahead and put those into my questions to my guests. So if you're ready, grab a drink, sit back and relax while I have a chat with Letitia. Hi, and welcome to Defining Boundaries. My guest today, Letitia Rabu, comes from over the seas and far away. Letitia was born in Les Saint-Simeurs, near Toulon, Provence, France, and still lives in the south of France. The first job Letitia ever wanted to be was an archaeologist, because she was, and still is, passionate about history and geography. But growing up, she changed her mind and joined the public sector by taking and passing a selective public examination. She began her career in 2009 at the National Cadastral Training School in Toulouse. And up until a few weeks ago, she worked for the Direction Générale des Finances Publiques, which is the department under the authority of the Ministry of Economy, Finances and Public Policy and Accounts as the Cadastral Surveying Manager. So welcome, Leticia. Thank you for joining me and having a chat today. Well, thank you for having me on this and chat. How did I go with my pronunciations? Uh, there's a few times. Oh, it's, very, like, it's perfect. I know French is a difficult language, so you're perfect with it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself. So you were born in Les Saint-Sumer. Did you grow up there? Yes, yes. I was born and grew up in La Saint-Sumer, which is uh, in the south coast of France. I live five minutes uh, from the beach. So it was a perfect setting for childhood, really, with the sun, the beach, everything. It was, it was great, really. And uh, Toulon is the main city nearby, but maybe people are not very acquainted with Toulon. It's more Marseille or Nice, uh, oh. which are the famous cities uh, um, nearby. Nearby. Sorry. Yes. So but how, it's, far it's is it, how far is it to, to get to Nice? Most people would know where that is. Yes, it's one hour, 30 minutes away. Okay, not nice. too far. Hmm. Yes. So nice do you live there now? Yes, I, I live, I live uh, in Ascension-Mer now, but I'm moving to Glasgow uh, in January to, um, to go on with my studies. Mm, that's exciting. Mm. Mm, oh yes. So how does school work for you in France? Do you go to, um, we have year 12 here, 
which is basically you do 13 years of schooling before you can go and do a university type of course or, or something like that. So usually we're around 17 or 18 when we leave school. Is it the same in France? Oh, yes, it's the same. I mean, you can leave at 16 to go into apprenticeships, this kind of, of programs. But otherwise, yes, most people leave school at, uh, at 18, at the age of 18. So, mm -hmm. yes, I, I went through well, um, high school uh, and then I, I wanted to, well, I wasn't sure about, the, about my, my career at that point. Yeah. So yeah. after I, I graduated uh, in science, I mean, at uh, science A levels, I think it's called vice scores in Australia. Is it vice scores? Yes, yeah, not in New South Wales. It might be in a, in in other states. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm more. Yes, I, I know about Victoria a bit more, maybe. But uh, uh, yes, I, I graduated in, in in science sciences levels. Yeah. And I wasn't sure um, what, what to do. You know, at, the, at that point, I I wanted to be an archaeologist, but. I wasn't sure about the job prospects yeah. um, in this field, so um, I I did uh, two years of preparatory school uh, in humanities. I know I graduated in sciences, but then I went for humanities. I love both, though. <laughs> so I went for <laughs> humanities, and I um, then I I, um, I joined um, an institute of political studies. To, uh, to do a first uh, MA in public administration and political um, sciences, mm -hmm. uh, then MA in international relations from Durham University in, in the UK. And then I, I passed the, the, the examination to join the, the public sector. Yeah. Yes, that's, so you, that was my, my career. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to, you had to do um, those other, those courses in humanity, like public, the, the, those courses that you did to be able to apply for a position in the government? Yes, I mean, I could have uh, joined at um, an inferior level, but I, I wanted to uh, to join at uh, like a management level. Uh-huh. So yes, um, that's okay. why I, I went through um, more studies than I, I should have needed, probably, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed studies, so I was, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, okay. So when you joined, um, the, the government agency, did you have a choice of where your career would go in there? Like the surveying um, is um, a, a lot different to a political science or something like that, so. Oh yes, yes it is. I mean, uh, when I, um, the first uh, public examination I, I passed was the, the taxation office. Uh -huh. um, it's, it's not, um, necessarily what I wanted to uh, to do first but I said okay I've got now um, a foot in the public service so I'll go with it and then I got a call well I, I got my, my results and I was happy obviously yeah um, and I got a call just like a few weeks before joining the, the school uh, not the cadastral uh, training school another school another training school yeah uh, so I got a call and um, and the one official from the, the Cadastral Training School in Toulouse uh, told me, look, I, I had, um, I, I looked through your, your records and I, I can see that you've got a scientific, a scientific background. So I would be very interested in having you at the Cadastral Training School because it's very technical, it's scientific, it's, uh, but it's also a lot of legal, uh, legal terms, legal practice, you know, yeah. and, uh, and taxation uh, subjects uh, as well. So, I was a bit, um, at first, a bit uh, surprised, 
because I didn't know much about cadastre. I, I knew what it was, but I wasn't very much, uh, you know, familiar with all the, um, all the missions. So I said, okay, I, I give it a go. I, I was a bit, um, well, I had doubt, doubt at the beginning because uh, the whole uh, training was presented to me as having a shortage of volunteers. So I was thinking to myself, okay, there's a shortage of volunteers. So what's, what's the trap in there? No, it's, is there a trap or something? <laughs> don't want to join in I mean but okay I think I mean the um, the person they uh, they trust me to join the school so so I said I agreed to to join the school and I didn't regret it because uh, I enjoyed the training mm. it was a lot te technical but it was also a lot of of, of law uh, it's it was a tax a taxation law notarial law property law so I was very much interested in in those subjects so I enjoyed the training and then that's how uh, I joined the <laughs> The cadastral, uh, the cadastral sector. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, um, and, and I need, well, I just need to to add because uh, people might find it uh, very um, surprising to link uh, taxation with um, the topographical works and and everything. But in France, um, taxation is based on on the cadastral parcels. Okay. Uh, that's why there's a link between taxation and and cadastre. Because uh, from um, 1807 with Napoleon, uh, from from this time the the, the um, cadastral uh, parcels have been uh, used to identify the properties and to um, to apply taxation to those properties. So that's why uh, cadastre is part of the public sector in France. I don't know if it's the case everywhere, but at least in France, it's uh, it's very much like a, it's very much it's very important. That's one of the bases of our society. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. So our, our boundary, our property and everything is, is held by the governments and things like that. And we do pay um, land taxes and things on, on our property, depending on the size and things like that. Um, but yeah, we have different sectors that kind of look after all those different sorts of things. So our, um, uh, our Surveyor General of New South Wales, she looks after more, yeah, the law side of things and um, and and how how you bring it all together and have a, a a digital cadastral base and things like that. Like she's slowly moving things forward that way. Um, but yeah, the taxation side is a completely different side again. So yeah, interesting mm -hmm. that yours is really um, meshed in together. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So doing that tax was probably not a bad thing to begin with. No, no, no. That, it was interesting. Uh, it was really interesting because it wasn't just about taxation. It was about land matters as well. Yeah. Uh, like, um, you know, um, we mentioned about archaeology. And I think that um, searching into land titles, you know, deeds and uh, this kind of things is a bit like digging out the past. You know, it's uh, mm. so actually I, I realized that... Um, was a bit of, of well a bit of archaeology kind of of, of um, research methods are involved in my in my job so finally I we're just uh, thinking that okay maybe uh, I've, I've become some kind of archaeologist in, <laughs> in some you know in maybe yeah yeah no it's um it, it's very interesting um so as the as a a manager um, what what are the types of things that you're required to do within your position? Do you go out in the field or you're just managing people or w what do you actually do? Well, I, I do both. I've got, um, uh, well, I, 
I used to because now I've, I'm, I'm on um, um, unpaid leave. Yes. But uh, my job was to manage uh, cadastral surveyors. Uh, in the public sector, cadastral surveyors are in charge of updating the cadastral survey map, um, which means that we've got the cadastral survey map. And each time there's a new um, built element, could be a, a new house, could be an extension like a, like a garage or a pool, mm -hmm. uh, they go onto the field and they measure the... Um, they measure the built element and they update the cadastral uh, survey map this way. You know, they, they take measurements uh, either with, um, um, can be with GPS, can be with a tachometer, can be with just a, a laser meter. It, it depends on, on the, the kind of work it is. And then from there, well, they find the boundaries, obviously, because we need to uh, georeference the, you know, update the cadastral map uh, based on the, po the position of the built elements on the mm -hmm. field. So their job is to update the cadastral survey map and uh, I verify their work. I verify that they are within the tolerances, uh, the legal tolerances for, for this kind of jobs. Okay. And I do the same with licensed surveyors because in France, and I believe in most other countries, they are, um, they are responsible for uh, determining the boundaries. Yeah. and to uh, create new boundaries when the, the the parcel of land is divided they create the divisions mm -hmm. uh, so um and they they complete some kind of, of documents for that it's called document d'arpentage and it's uh well it's basically the document uh where they present their work uh, they present their measurements uh their um, all the all the, um, the the elements of the data the topographical survey is presented to me and i've got to check the work and see if it's if it can fit if it can be integrated uh, as best as I can in the in the cadastral survey map. Mm. So I verify the tolerances. I verify if the measurements is, is is has been well done. If if the benchmarks survey marks have been found, and um, yeah. so I verify all these elements and I update the the cadastral survey map from their work. Yeah, okay. And, and do you have a, a team? that helps you do that checking and stuff or you're the final person that does the checks and updates yes i, I well for the um, the documents d'apprentage uh i have a team with me because there are too many of them so i can't do this all on my own <laughs> that's what i was thinking because we have we have a section called land registry services where um yes if we um, subdivide a boundary or do anything with our boundaries and have to prepare a, a, a brand new plan or anything like that then yeah that that goes to the LRS and then they have people checking it and then yes it goes through a registration process and things like that so sim similar I'd say in, in yes that's the same actually yes yeah. I mean, the, the surveyors help me with the, this job because they are technical agents and they are they know they know about the job so so they, they help me, but we are in liaison with the land registry as well, because uh, when we, we verify, I sign the documents, I sign off the documents, and then they, uh, they do the job of, of publishing the deed, the deed or any other document. Yeah. So, so yes, we are in liaison with, with them. And, but I, I, in, at the final stage, we update the cadastral survey map when everything is, is done, when the deed is published, when, uh, if everything is uh, within the, the law and everything, we just uh, update the cadastral survey map, and uh, the landlords, the landowner, can see the results on the on the digital cadastre. Uh, okay. Because um, since um, 2007, we have a digital cadastre, so the, any owner 
can go online and, and check uh, his, his or her parcel of land and see what's what's in there, the, the boundaries, um, the, the built elements. So yes, that's... Uh, okay, that's, so yeah, uh, so you have all the structures, the houses, and, and that all goes into your digital cadaster as well. Yes, exactly. And sometimes for big measurements, like we update, uh, if it's a big factory or big uh, commercial mall, I sometimes I go with my, my cadastral surveyors to help them uh, do the measurements because mm -hmm. it's uh, can be very big for one person only. So I'm, I usually go with them for this kind of, of big works. Yeah. Also, very big works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's good that you've got that little bit. You still get to go out in the field as well. So that, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. That's... Uh, you know, it's a bit of it's um it's a lot of office work, but it's also field work. That's that's what I like about the job because it's uh it can bring some diversity to the job, and also yeah. it's nice to to see the landowners to to speak with them. Sometimes they say, oh, okay, since you're here, I've got some problems with my boundaries with my my neighbor, and you know, so you <laughs> when you're on the field, you also help people uh, sort out their their property problems, these kind of things. <laughs> so sometimes we can't do anything. We say, okay, just go to uh, license surveyors because we can't touch your boundaries. I mean, if there's a mistake, okay, we'll correct it. But otherwise, just ask uh, license surveyors and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, what, would, what, what would have been the biggest challenges in your, in, in your job, do you think? I think, the, especially when I started, because I was very young on the job, uh, it was a bit daunting to go and check license surveyors mm -hmm. because some had, uh, they had many years of experience and I was like a new person, you know, with one year of training and okay, I'm, I'm coming to, <laughs> to verify you uh, maybe as um, 20 years, 30 years of experience. So it was a bit daunting at the beginning because I, I feared of, of not doing my job properly. But I think that the surveyor was very understanding. He was like, okay, I know... I know you're new. I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. So it's just, I won't, I won't hold it against you or anything. Just do your job and you'll be fine. Okay, okay, I'll do my job as best as I can. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit daunting at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it would be. So to be a licensed surveyor in France, um, what's, what's the process they have to go through? Do they have to do university and then pass exams? Like that's basically what has to happen in Australia. Um, I know in different parts of the world, it's, it's slightly different. So is it a similar process in France to become licensed? Yes, it's, um, it's a lot selective uh, because there are a few uh, schools. It's not really a university. It's like engineering school, uh -huh. three or four engineering schools uh, that prepare you to become a licensed surveyors, surveyor. And that's usually process uh, in five years time. You, you go through two years prep, scientific preparatory school, and then you join the school for a three year um, program approximately. So yes, it's uh, five year studies basically, um, overall to become a licensed surveyor. But um, there, there's shortage of surveyors in France as well. So uh -huh. the profession, the order of the licensed surveyors, which is called the uh, L'Ordre des Géomètres Experts, so the, the institution that, uh, that regulates the profession, yep. they decided to open, um, to open the profession a bit more. So now you can have a related degree, like in architecture or in environmental science or civil engineering. Uh -huh. And then you can join the profession uh, uh, through a different pathway. 
you don't have to go through the, the engineering school, but you can, you know, have a real estate degree, work two years in a licensed surveyor practice, mm -hmm. and then you, you take a, a kind of oral exam, you prepare a, a kind of dissertation, short dissertation, or oral exam, and then you can be uh, licensed that's, that way. That to open the profession because it was very much selective and it was not promoted enough. I don't know for the rest of the world, but in France, it's not a very well-known profession. Yeah. So I, I think the a big problem um, of the profession is the lack of promotion. I know yeah. now there's a lot of initiatives to, um, to get kids into survey. And uh, I think that's good because um, this is a profession that, that needs more promotion, I think. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. In our lives. it's important in our lives. So. Yeah, boundaries are never going to go away, are they? Yes, exactly. I mean, the built <laughs> environment, boundaries, uh, and also the, the new technologies and um, the new uses for, for geospatial data. I'm very interested in, in you know, the, the new, use, new uses for, uh, for, for this data, for example, for um, 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 anticipating uh, fire, the fires, mm -hmm. anticipating floods and other um, natural disasters. I think we have multiple use for geospatial data. So I think this is a profession or a field that's going to, um, to grow, to grow in the, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, if it's not now, <laughs> if it's not <laughs> yeah, already. We, yeah, I mean, we're quite, uh, people that I've been speaking to have sort of said, you know, similar sorts of things that, you know, our registered and licensed surveyors are getting older and there was a real gap in younger people coming through so there has been a massive push of late but i still think that it's going to um you know probably even take another 10 20 years for that whole process to to, to still keep you know bringing those people through but um the, the push into schools has been um quite big here in probably the last oh, i'd say um maybe five you know four or five years or something like that so yeah, it definitely um, it definitely doesn't seem much different to. Yes, exactly. Mm. But it's a diverse profession. I think that's lot. There's um, um, there's a lot of um, advantages advantages in joining this profession because there's technical works, but it's also a lot of legal work. So I think that can interest people who, who don't want to be stuck in one in one sort of of job. You know, it's very diverse. Yes, it well, is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Has um, how how has uh, the pandemic um, affected France and and your job and and licensed surveyors or, or surveyors within France? It, has it um, been quite well, bad there? Yes, it, it in uh, there there was uh, an impact um, on my job. Um, I, I had to go to work two two days instead of five. Uh -huh. Because I want to keep doing my job because some licensed surveyors uh, were still um, working. I mean, yeah. the big practice is they had to to um, to stop working because maybe they couldn't pay the wages or everything. They had a lot of, of they have a lot of workers, so they, maybe they couldn't you know pay all the wages and stuff. But uh, licensed surveyors working on their own or with smaller practices, uh, they they kept working. So I was there two days, uh, two days a week to uh, to verify their work, basically. So they were very, um, uh, very happy that I was there. You know that we weren't completely uh, locked down, and that yeah. I was uh, 
was towards the office uh, for them, you know, for, for reading their emails and refining their work and, you know, answering their questions. Um, so, yeah, for in, in my, my center, we were only three uh, still working. Uh -huh. uh, the rest of, of our, our agents were at home. Yeah. Um, because in France, there's a continuity of public sector, public work. We can't, we can't just stop working and, and leave people, you know, uh, without public services. So we had to, to, you know, to keep working just a bit, at least to, uh, to maintain this continuity of, of public services. Hmm. And uh, yes, licensed surveyors, depending on their size, they kept working or not. Yeah. But most, uh, yes, most uh, licensed surveyors working on their own were still working, yes. Mm. Okay. Fair because they, they could they could go on the on the, on the field with a, a mask and uh, you know they they could uh, respect social distancing while working so they were fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we did mention at the start that um, you are no longer working as the cadastral survey manager. Um, that you're taking some leave. Do you want to yes. just? Um, explain to me what you're actually going to be doing moving overseas and starting something else <laughs> yes yes I, I wanted to um well to to change um well not my career because it's still in surveying but i wanted to do something else you know to um um to uh well to to live another experience yeah. and to experience the job in you know in other countries so, um, so I started because I was interested in, in project management and cost management as well. Um, I, I, um, I did um, a master in quantity surveying while I was still working because I, I know that it's um, a profession that is in shortage as well. So I say, okay, I'm interested in, in this aspect of the, the built environment and it's in shortage. So I, I, could, I could be of use in this field as well. Uh, but then, um, well, I was still working and I was still saving for my, <laughs> my future studies. And because my future studies was, uh, was um, planning to do a master's in geospatial and mapping science. Because like, like I said, I've been trained in-house in the public sector. Yeah. And I, I haven't uh, studied because we don't need, I didn't need it at the time. So I just studied the cadastral aspect of, of surveying. Yeah. But... Uh, obviously, I'm missing engineering surveying, I'm missing uh, GIS, so uh, I'll take this opportunity to study this master's to, to cover all the fields I haven't seen before. Obviously, I've been reading about it, and yeah. I know the basics of the job. I, I know how it works, but I need to practice, I need to know more, and I need to practice, uh, practice as well. So, yes, and then my, my plan is to, move, uh, to get a work visa, because I, I will have the experience, I will have the, the degree. So yes, my plan is to get a work visa to to move abroad and to live a new adventure. Where where are the places that you would like to 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 take the to to take your studies that you've learned? And where where do you want to go? Well, it would be an English speaking country, uh, that's for sure. And I'm very much interested in Australia or New Zealand. That's why I started to to follow a lot of Australian and 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 and. Um, New Zealander on, on Instagram or because I wanted to know more about about the um, how the, the the profession uh, or the job is done overseas. Yep. I mean, I guess it's the same kind of, of basis, but I wanted to know the, the differences and the subtleties of the work overseas. So yes, that's how I got interested in it. And I said, okay, maybe why not Australia or New Zealand? It would be, yeah. be interesting. Brilliant. 
Oh, well, we'll definitely have to catch up if you do eventually come over here. <laughs> yes. So if I, if I can help about the shortage, I'd be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, who, who has had the biggest impact uh, on your career to date? And that could be more than one person, obviously. Um, I know that at different stages, different people do play a big part. Is there one person that stands out or you've got a few? Um, I well, well, there are many. Uh, first, it's my dad because he always pushed me to to go into to go uh, study sciences. Uh -huh. He always put me in, in. He knew that I had the capabilities. I was more interested in humanities, but he knew about my capabilities, so he always pushed me towards sciences. And I don't regret it because it, it has made me uh, the person I am today. You know, and um, it has uh, put me on this on this career path. So I'm very grateful yeah. um, for that. Very grateful for him. And also, I would say the person who picked me for a cadastral trainings, uh, <laughs> training school, because obviously it has changed my life. Otherwise, I would have just been a um, um, tax inspector and I wouldn't yeah. have been like a cadastral survey manager. So I'm very grateful to him as well. And also all the, um, the licensed surveyors uh, who I worked with, who uh, I learned a lot with them, you know, going on the field with them or just exchanging via emails, you know, trying to um, to figure out um, the best practice to work together, you know, to uh, to, yeah. to um, for the public sector and uh, the private uh, practice to to work together. So it was very interesting, very uh, um, very fruitful, really. So yes, that's uh, I would say that's the person who who had the biggest impact on my life in my life so far. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's the worst thing that's happened to you while you've been out in the field? Whoa, <laughs> it's uh, I'm very um, shameful to admit because oh, uh, don't be shameful. I've had some doozies <laughs> and I've done some doozies. So <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's, it's nothing um, very serious. It's just once I painted black one of my assistant surveyors. Uh, because we were uh, we're preparing um, uh, some photogrammetry work. So we were placing a geographic markup on the, on the, on the road for the, the plane, to, for the, the, the flight to, yeah. to happen. And at some point I had um, a paint of, uh, a box of paint in my hands, because obviously we were like marking the, you know, the, <laughs> where the, the, the sign were. So we put black, black paint everywhere on the, around the marks. And at some point the, um, the box was a bit, um, well, it slipped through my finger. Yeah. Just splashed on the floor, and all the paint was splashed over my assistant surveyor. Oh. So I was like, I was mortified. <laughs> he said, "Okay, just don't worry, it's water-based paint, so it won't won't do much harm." You know, no, no I'll, I'll pay for the for the cleaning uh, for the dry cleaning. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. But I was mortified, you know, and uh, <laughs> and my my people they joked a lot about me uh, with uh, <laughs> because of this story. So I was really. Uh, Yes, that's the worst thing, but it was it was also a funny thing when but, you really yeah, think yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I've been a bit clumsy that day, I admit it. <laughs> that happens on the field. Yeah, <laughs> Everything happens. happens. <laughs> what's the wor what's the worst work advice that you've ever heard? Um, I think I haven't I haven't had any worst advice. Uh, it's it's more like your best advice. 
Yeah, what's the best? Uh, worst, yes, worst I can think of, of any, but the best was to always control and, and uh, double check the work, yeah. especially in our fields where, where accuracy is really paramount. So yes, always control, double check everything you do. You do. So yes, yeah. that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a, some piece of advice I, I strictly follow. <laughs> A pretty good one to have um, as, as a, I was a, a teacher at one stage and that was one of the things when they were out in the field to always, you know, when you read something through the instrument, when you write it down, look at what you write down, go back and read it again and double check what you've done because you can do write numbers the wrong way and stuff like that. and. Yeah, a few exactly. students got caught quite often doing that. So <laughs> exactly. So yes, uh, mm. that's lessons you learn when you learn about surveying because sometimes you just uh, you're working with with other students and sometimes they, they kick the, the the tripod or something, oh. but they want to read it. And then you check the work when you you go back to the office. You check the work. And that's a, there's a problem here. I mean, there's a problem with the the measurements and everything. So, Okay, admit it. I may have kicked the tripod. What? <laughs> Why would it just just admit it when you're on the walk so we can do it again? And I mean, we it's it's all right. It's natural. I mean, it's human to kick a tripod, or we won't hold it against against you. But at least let's let's um, let us do do the work again because otherwise we're just wasting time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh, when did something start out badly for you but ended up good? Um, well, I, I'd say the, the, the um, uh, selective process of the cadastral training school, because yeah, you know, I, I told you that uh, I had doubts yeah. at the beginning, because I was, you know, I was, I was sensing some kind of, of trap maybe or something. Okay, you like volunteers, <laughs> well, what's the, you know, what's, what's the thing here? But actually, it, it turned out very good, because yeah. um, it taught me the basis of, of surveying. Uh, so now I can understand the, the, well, I can understand all kinds of surveying because I've got the basis. So yes, I'm very grateful uh, for that. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. Um, so you talked about following people on Instagram. Who's your favorite Instagram? Have you got one? <laughs> well, no, I follow me. crazy uh, ones out there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> crazy ones. Um, I, well, I, I follow um, some rugby people, some rugby accounts because I'm a, I'm a rugby fan, but I also uh, follow um, surveying people. Um, I'm, I, I quite like uh, uh, David Iping from the um, Iping Survey Group. He's very, very nice and I, I love uh, watching his videos, you know, uh, each day he talks about his job. It's, it's, it's really interesting to, to watch, I think. But I don't have um, a favorite one. I just follow many, and I try to um, uh, to soak up as much information I can, you know, yeah. for, to to know more about the the, the profession, yeah. the job. Yeah. No, there's some um, there's some good ones out there, and as you said, learning different from different countries, different people following them in you know America and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's how I met you was through Instagram as well. So. Um, yes, it's exactly. really a small world when you when you come to having the social media, isn't it? Oh yes, it is. It is, and it's 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 um, it's great. I think it's uh, it brings people all together, and we can share um, our different practices. We can yeah. I think it's it's very um, uh, enriching. It's it's very uh, rich to you know. Mm. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, do do you read? Pardon? Do you read? 
books? Oh yes, yes, I do. I do. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I love reading. Um, well, f uh, I've been reading a lot of, of textbooks <laughs> lately because of my studies. So yes, I've been a lot in textbook. But otherwise, I like um, well, I, I like uh, books, uh, history books. Um, not so much fictions because I, I like to be. I, I like to to learn new things about the, the actual world when I read. So I, I, I very much like. Um, uh, books that, that are going to be useful for my personal knowledge. Mm. So yeah, it's a lot of history books, um, can be biographies, can be, uh, well, textbooks. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy reading textbooks <laughs> as well, you know, so I admit it. <laughs> so, um, so, in, so you've read a, a lot of uh, textbooks and stuff. What's the most interesting thing that you've read this week? Oof, <laughs> the week has just started, so I couldn't say. Well, on the weekend. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I couldn't say, um, I read a lot of, of, well, I love reading posts on Instagram or Twitter about new things, you no know, links that, that gets you to articles, but I can't single out one, one article. I just try to, uh, to soak up knowledge basically. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's okay. What motivates you? Um, it's, uh, all my projects, my plans, uh, my move abroad. Yep. It's really, uh, uh, that's, that gives me a lot of, of motivation and energy to, uh, you know, to study and to, to keep going with this adventure because I'm, I'm basically leaving um, a safe job to, yeah. uh, to go live this adventure. So mm. yeah, it's a bit of risk taking, but I feel that uh, there is something for me or, uh, somewhere else. So, you know, it's, it can be explained really. It's just that I, I, I got to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, because otherwise I would have regrets and uh, I don't want that, you know, I just want to, to go on with this adventure and, um, you know, I'm very prepared. It's, I'm not taking um, an unnecessary risks, but um, yes, I want to, uh, to lead this adventure and, and, see, uh, and see what's beyond, uh, what's beyond France. Yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty <laughs> exciting. It's very exciting indeed. What's your guilty pleasure? Oh, it's, um, it's not so guilty, but it's a barbecue with friends. I love having friends around the barbecue at home. So, yes, that's, yep. That's, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, where's the most unusual place you've been? Um, there are two, two um, most unusual places I've been. Uh, first one is um, ice bars. For example, the ice bar in London. I went to London. Uh, oh, yeah. The ice bar. Mm -hmm. So you basically with the big coats and, and everything, the gloves, and because it's it's freezing, it's freezing inside, and you're just having drinks. And uh, <laughs> but you can't you can't stay very 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 long because it's uh, it's really freezing, even with the big coat and everything. But it's it's quite unusual to to have drinks in such an, an environment. Mm -hmm. And also for more. Um, or traveling, uh, I would say the Whitsundays uh, in Australia. Uh -huh. I, I did a road trip uh, last year, and uh, the Whitsundays are very good. I think that's they are the most uh, that's the most um, unusual and beautiful places that I've been in my life. So yes, that's that's I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get to did uh, before now? Did you get to travel much? Yes, yes. Uh, I used to travel a lot because um, I was part of the committee in my my um, rugby supporters club. 
uh-huh. you know, uh, supporters club. Uh, so I was uh, in a committee and I was organizing trips, away trips. So I used to travel a lot in Europe to, to follow my team. So we had uh-huh. like a party of 10, 15, 12, um, 20 people. Yeah, okay. yes, I used to travel a lot. It was, um, was a small weekends, but a big adventure sometimes. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and, uh, now with COVID, I, I miss traveling. Uh, but uh, I know it will it will resume um, soon. Soon will be over over with with this, and um, we'll resume traveling again. But yeah. I miss because I've got a travel travel bug really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fingers crossed on that one. Um, oh yes. How do you tra- how do you relax? Um, I play the guitar. I enjoy oh. playing the guitar. Well, I'm not a professional or anything, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, casual you know player. Yeah. Uh, and I also enjoy cooking, you know, cooking like well, barbecue with friends, kind of thing. So yeah, and reading as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Don't mind. Uh, reading's probably my biggest one. I'm yes. Lie down somewhere, have a book and a cup of tea, and <laughs> I can oh, be yes. gone that's, for hours. <laughs> that's very relaxing. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. If you um, if you had the choice, would you rather have a get out of jail card? Or a key that opens any door. I think I would have a key. Yeah. Uh, because I'm more um, seeking opportunities than than trying to um, make trouble. You know. So uh, <laughs> I, just, I just like like I said, I take I may take risk, but it's always um, a calculated risk. You know. Yeah. I won't I, I won't be too too much of a uh, of a fool or anything. I just take you know. Um, I try to anticipate dangers, so I, I can um, I can uh, take the, the the adequate risk with it. So yeah. yes, I'm, but yes, I'm not a troublemaker. Just trying to uh, get some opportunities, you know, and uh, and live adventures, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely have had some adventures already. Oh if yes, you yes. Saw a puddle on the ground. Would you walk around it, jump over it, or jump in it? Well, I think if I'm not as clumsy as the day I painted my uh, my assistant survey on black, <laughs> in which case, in which case I would fall into the in, into the puddle. <laughs> but otherwise, usually uh, I would jump jump over it. Jump you know, over. Uh, yeah. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Um. Uh, I think. Uh, it would be either to bring. I mean, I mean that sounds a lot of. I mean that sounds a lot cliche, but I would um, have the. I would like to have the power to bring peace all over the world. Yeah. Uh, I know it's cliche. I know it's um, utopic, and then. But uh, yes, that's something. Uh, I think I would. I would love to. Or um, if I had to choose something for, for more selfishly for myself, it would be like to have some kind of absolute knowledge. You know, to to be. Um, mastering everything I can, you know, to do my job best that I can, you know, so that would yeah. be, uh, that would be great. Would be great. <laughs> um, so you like history. If yes. you could go back in history, where would you go and why? I think I, I, think I would go back to the Renaissance, the Enlightenment uh-huh. period of time, because, uh, I mean, if you were a scientist or, um, an educated person at the time, you would enjoy a lot of um, brilliant and exciting discoveries. So I would have loved being in, in that kind of, of um, environment, you know. The, yeah. Yep. Nice. At a party, 
Where would someone be able to find you? Um, depends barbecue party or <laughs> barbecue party would be around the barbecue. That's for sure. <laughs> With Tony Nance. <laughs> but otherwise, um, I don't know, probably at the bar socializing with, <laughs> with my friends or making cocktails. I love oh. making cocktails. Nice. <laughs> well, okay. I'll hold you to that one. When you come to Australia, we'll have a cocktail together. Oh, yes, with pleasure. It was with pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over? Um, I think um, I, I would go for surveying. I wouldn't uh, wait for surveying to choose me, basically, yeah. but I would choose surveying. Um, mm -hmm. Well, if I had known better uh, when I was in high school and uh, if I had, you know, I don't know, uh, if, I had, if I had surveyors coming to my school and maybe talking to me about the, the profession, maybe I would have gone for it uh, straight away. I didn't, so it's life. I mean, I can't, yeah. I can't go back in time. But uh, I think if I had to do it again, I would choose surveying and um, and walk the, the tra traditional path instead of taking like uh, <laughs> the roads I've taken. Yeah. I mean, it, it brought me, it brought me some knowledge. It brought me lots of, you know, um, I brought me some um, management uh, management skills. Mm. A lot, of, a lot of skills I've learned through this path. But I think I would go for surveying first if I had to do it again. Yeah. Okay, so do you um, you don't regret your decision getting into surveying then? No, 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 I don't, I don't, and I, I'm very excited um, uh, about going to to Glasgow next year. I'm very, yeah. I should, I should have, I should have been in, in Glasgow now, because, but because of COVID, uh, my my uh, the start of of my uh, my program was just postponed. Uh, but I'm very excited. No, I'm very excited to know more about, about the job and to, to be able to practice a bit more in beautiful Scotland. No, so very, uh, very much excited. It's going to be, it's going to be cold on the, on the field, but... Uh, <laughs> I was about to say that. It'll be a bit cold there. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the things you have to do, huh? <laughs> Oh yes, definitely. I mean, there are not so many schools or universities preparing for surveying. Uh, actually, I mean, uh, compared to other um, other uh, subjects, mm -hmm. I think there, there's lots of you know, it's uh, it's not very much promoted, and there's not so many uh, uh, programs. Or at at least in in Europe. I mean, uh, I don't know for the rest of the world. I think it's a bit the same, but uh, I can find um, land surveying in every university. In the UK, there were only a few of them um, uh, offering the, the, the program I wanted to do. Yeah, okay. So there was Exeter in Glasgow. So I chose Glasgow because the, the School of Geography and Earth Sciences is, uh, is, um, is more, um, it's better ranked, you know, in a, with the, yeah. so, but otherwise it's, it's not so many, um, many universities offering surveying, which is a bit, a bit of a shame, but maybe it will evolve uh, in the mm. near future. I hope so. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yeah, fingers crossed, hey? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's, um, that's about it for the questions I had to ask you. Thank you so much. I'm just going to throw a few quick shots at you. So, yes, <laughs> yes no, hot, cold, see how you go. And uh, <laughs> your coffee. Uh, coffee, basically. Yes, I can't, uh, can't do without coffee in the morning. <laughs> Cat or dog? Uh, dog. Sunset or sunrise? 
Uh, I would say both because sunrise is the beginning of, of uh, a new day. So many adventures that can happen in a day. And uh, sunrise, uh, sunset, sorry, is an opportunity to reflect on, on what's happened today and maybe uh, um, get lessons from what happened and be uh, improving as a person. So both, I would say. <laughs> oh, she's a learner, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Philosopher, maybe. <laughs> Summer or winter? Uh, summer, definitely. Uh -huh. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Um, I used to love them when I was a kid, but now I hate them <laughs> because I realized the danger. So <laughs> when you're a kid, you're just you know, reckless. You don't, don't see the danger, but now I see the danger. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Three items you'd take to a desert island. Um, I would take tools, uh, a tent, and uh, what else? And my phone, if I can charge, charge it some, somehow. <laughs> Uh, favorite song or artist? Um, I love the song One by Metallica. Uh huh. Favorite movie? Uh, I would say Empire of the Sun by Steven Spielberg. Oh. Favorite book? Uh, the Morning of the Magician yeah. by Powers and Berger. Introvert or extrovert? Um, I used to be introvert when I was um, a kid, but then gradually I, uh, I've become very extrovert. Uh, I needed to for rugby <laughs> to be a, a, a party leader on a trip. You know, you have to yep. be a bit uh, extrovert. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is your glass half full or half empty? Uh, half full. I like mm -hmm. to be optimistic. Mm -hmm. One thing you'd never do again. Um. I think you were talking about roller coaster uh, um, <laughs> uh, recently, so I will never do again the Tower of Terror at oh, Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a warning label, what would it be? Uh, I think that that would be "Don't Tread on Me." I mean, I'm uh, I'm a, I like to um, I'm okay with compromising, but uh, um, I think at some point you have to stand your ground as well. So yep. you know, I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who knows you best? I think that's my, my two best friends. Okay. Uh, what was your favorite subject in school? Oh, it was um, history, but also, I also liked geography and languages. But yes, uh, history was my favorite back then. So what language would you do at school? Uh, well, I did French, um, well, obviously, uh, English and Spanish. Uh-huh. Um, where are we? Okay, your favorite childhood memory? Um, I think it was spending time, uh, time with my friends and family, especially my family, uh, my grandparents when they were still alive. Yeah. yeah, I miss them a lot. Yeah, yep, I know that feeling. What's your favorite food? Um, barbecue food, like uh, prime <laughs> rib. Love that, love that. <laughs> favorite drink? Uh, favorite drink, I would say wine, mm -hmm. wine or a good cocktail, but yeah, wine. What red or white? Um, or both. I have a preference for red, but uh, I can go for a, a, a nice white wine as well. Yes, okay. and rosé too, because rosé is the the, uh, the typical uh, wine of, of my region, so it's, uh -huh. it's a lot of wine. So yes, I enjoy a bit of rosé, but my favorite is red, I think. Uh huh. Um your pet peeve 
Um, I think it's uh, what annoys me is a lot of uh, red tape and unnecessary, um, um, you know, too much um, red tape, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Win the lottery or have the perfect job? Um, I think I'd like to win the lottery to uh, to create the perfect job. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. What's yeah, your biggest set up a practice or anything? <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest when fear? Uh, I think it's uh, losing all the, the the people I love the most, uh, yeah. family and friends. Yeah. Oh, it's... Favorite sport? Rugby. Uh -huh. uh, who's your team? Uh, Toulon. Toulon. Uh, Toulon, City, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. They're playing the, the Euro Cup final this Friday, so uh, <laughs> I'm oh, cheering, cheering for them. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night person? Uh, morning person. Mm -hmm. What's your proudest moment? Uh, it's uh, Well, there are lots of uh, proud, proudest moments, but it's, um, I think, achieving the degrees uh, I've achieved because it, it's... It required a lot of hard work and motivation and dedication. So I, I'm very proud I could do that. Yeah, I would be too. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Oh, <laughs> got to call my friends for that. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Well, if I judge by what they they um, they say about me, maybe six, six or seven, maybe. But six, I would say six. <laughs> So modest. <laughs> What's your uh, dream car? Uh, I don't have any dream car. No? Um, for, for me, a car is more like um, a practical thing to have. I know to go from point A to point Z, but uh, that's that's pretty much. Um, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Favorite color? Blue. Blue. Are Blue? you yeah. Apple or Android? Uh, Android. Uh huh. What's your star sign? Leo. Leo. Oh, another lion. Had a few lions. Yes, you, you are too? I, no, are you no, no, too? I'm an Aquarian. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. But, uh, my son's a lion and uh, a few, yeah, a few people I've had have been, been lions. So, well, that just about sums it up. Um, it's been wonderful to, to chat with you today. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to thank you so much for um, for having me and for giving me giving me this opportunity to uh, talk about myself and also about French cadastre. Yeah, which is maybe not very so much uh, famous or anything, but uh, it's uh, it was a good opportunity. No, it's been interesting. It was, it was a pleasure to to meet you and to to chat with you. Yeah, you too. So before we go, do you have any social media platforms that you um, want to promote yourself or? Um, Anything else or any causes that you like to support? Well, not at the moment. I, I am on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn, but uh, I, I don't have uh, so far um, a lot of causes. Uh, maybe in the future, because mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to, um, to get a bit more um, involved in that. You know, for example, for, for the homeless people or those kind of things, because I, I did my dissertation uh, um, in county surveying about uh, tiny houses for the homeless people oh. and would it be a solution for the homeless people to get home you know a tiny home and uh, so yes i'm very interested in this subject how the built environment can help um, um whether poor people or homeless people you know so yes uh, i would love to, um, to be involved more in the future 
Lovely, yeah. interesting. Something that you can come back to after you've done your studies and travels. Oh yes, ex exactly. I mean, if if the built environment can can help them, I mean, it's just uh, mm. enough too. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, um, Leticia, thank you so much for joining me today, and uh, we will catch up soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. I hope you enjoyed my chat today with Leticia. Next fortnight, stay tuned for the one and only Dave Iping from Iping Survey Group. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.